hello. My name is Bonnie Grace Gilday Kennedy, and I'm the owner of Grace of Healing, where I serve as an Akashic consultant and healer. My intention for this podcast is to serve as an inspiration to you finding your own healing through self-love. Together, we will spend time exploring topics that lead us to a deeper understanding of what self-love is and what it looks like for each of us as individuals on our own journey. I am especially excited about interviewing inspiring guests whom have created great feats of healing for themselves through their own acts of self-love. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of Self-Love with Grace of Healing. I'm Bonnie Grace, and I'm so excited to bring you the gift of Shaylin Harkin's poetry. Her words have nourished my soul to its deepest depths. Each time I sit with her work, I end up feeling so full and crying tears of joy for the connection I experience. I hope that you too feel deeply connected as Shaylin shares her poetry and her process with us today. For an opportunity to win both of Shaylin's books of poetry, Susceptible to Light and Let Us Dance, please share this podcast on social media and I will put you in for a drawing to win a copy of both. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. I'm so happy to be talking with you, Bonnie. What fabulous energy you have. What a pleasure. Your words have fed me. I truly cannot tell you how much that means to me to hear that. I want to know all about you, but I have to share my experience of you, okay? Please, please. So so I get this book in the mail. Yes. I have no idea where it comes from. What? All I know is that whoever sent me this book knows me. Like, this is a (laughs) true friend true soulmate friend that yes. i have that has sent me this book and so yes. so i read it the very first poem that i read yes. is false names for god was the first and i was like oh so i'm an akashic healer i started going through this book of poetry yes. like it was a meal and i was starving and I just couldn't get enough of it fast enough, right? Oh my gosh, awesome. And so then I'm like, I've got, you know, I had to figure out who who sent it to me. So I did. So a friend of mine picked it up and and she read one poem and said, oh my God, Bonnie Grace. These words, your words, feel the same to me as when I read Hafiz or Rumi or or Khalil Gibran, right? Like, there's just oh, this this soul opening for me. It's like this drinking in oh. of beauty and truth and connection and wow, whoever this God is, right? Yes. Oh, my God. You're a beautiful messenger. Oh, my God. I truly thank you so, so much for, for expressing that. And, um, gosh, I tell you, like... 
this if you want. We can talk about anything in this interview, but um, it's still so incredible to hear that because for so many years I was just writing poetry and, and, and the experience for certain was my most spiritual, it was my most spiritual connection point in, in my life was the experience of this poetry coming through. And I really, like, personally had no question of, of its value because it was so clearly from kind of, you know, a gift from elsewhere. It was obviously God speaking through you. And I don't even care what who people believe that God is. Like, that doesn't even matter. It's totally inconsequential to me. You know, it because just the way it comes through, it just has the energy in it of, okay, this is exactly how it's meant to be. So I really just had a very deep trust that something very special was happening. But then because of all kinds of old old wounds around sharing my voice and my truth and uh, others not receiving it the way I, you know, wanted it to be received and such. I had so many insecurities about the way others would receive it. You know, it took me really 12 years to really, you know, claim it and claim that, you know, no matter what, no matter what responses I get, I, I need to share this stuff. So it's still just such an incredible honor to hear words like yours. Well, and that was one of my main prayers that it would just really find the people that that it was meant to find. And um, that's been happening and it's just been so awesome. When we know that we are being true to ourselves and yes. have this fear of what that will be to other people or what it will appear as. The most precious and intimate to us, I've found for me that bringing that forth, it was like the foundation upon which the whole rest of my life was resting on. And so bringing that forth, it completely transformed every single bit of my life through moving that energy forward um, from kind of from hiding to being seen and witnessed. Every single other part of my life has gone through a process of real major transformation um, in doing that. So I, I do see why, you know, I see why people hold these things close and keep them to themselves because it's, it's no joke, this process. <laughs> you know? No, I do. Just a little bit. I know just a little bit about that. But uh, yes. like completely transforming your life by living in the truth, I'll tell you what, I... I I ached for it before I knew that it wasn't happening. Yes. I'm so grateful to, that I've been given this poetry as a way of expressing because there was just so much in there that I couldn't commute. I didn't know how to communicate to people before this really cracked open. And and sometimes that's fine, you know. It's a, we can totally be at peace with just the experience unexpressed, but for me, it was really a necessity. Yeah, it's been it's been a tool, you know, to make those connections. I'm so freaking grateful. Should I start it off with a poem? What do you think? Yes, let us dance. Okay, so I'm going to start off with this poem, Let Us Dance, and this is the title of my second book, Let Us Dance. <laughs> I'll just dive right in, and then we can talk about it. Can the old dying God inside of you survive? No. Not unless he's willing to be revitalized by the goddess within. Not unless he allows that tender, mighty touch to give his breathless soul mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. 
and let her vital life force of open-hearted courage, of vulnerable longing, of grieving surrender, of deep, deep beauty, of connection back in. Not unless he becomes willing to let the verses of her poetry rewrite his old stories and put some dance in the doctrine. Not unless he becomes willing to let the straight and narrow merge with the wide and winding and make the needle's eye considerably more accommodating. Not unless he allows his wild woman within to let down her hair and decode his heart with those wild locks. Not unless he lets her take up so much space inside of him, he can finally breathe and relax. Yes, the old dying God in humanity's chest needs emergency treatment. That kiss of life that comes from admitting deep frailty and the restoration of finally falling to our knees to receive help. For Father God to gather his true strength, he must bow before the her he's tucked away in himself and finally nourished, stand again with a new fullness. God and goddess reborn as equals through humanity's deep breath and in astonishment of the other, reach out a hand to close the ancient distance and weeping and rejoicing say, at last, let us dance. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Because I work with so many women who are so strong. Yeah. And so into the masculine because they've had to be in that energy to survive. Yes. And yet have this fear of all this masculinity that exists in the world to truly exist at a higher place than they know who they are in feminine energy, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just so amazing. I just love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was one of those poems that was really, this whole book, Let Us Dance, was really a, an experiment of, of boldness and, and sort of exploring new edges and, um, Yep, the reception that came, the beautiful reception that came from my first book, Susceptible Delight, really, yeah, I, I took a tremendous permission to kind of explore new new edges and horizon. And there's just a, I don't know, there's a potency in this in this book. And this one really held that energy in, 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 in a remarkable way. Yes, I mean, I feel like as a woman... And being a strong person, very, very bold. Feel that. That's what is so beautiful about this is that you did not hold back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it was so neat. Every courageous experiment that I took with this book, I mean, it was risk after risk, it felt like. And each one, there was such fantastic reward, really. And... You know, the more, and it wasn't just these, you know, random risks. It was listening to my in, in, intuitive voice and experimenting with, with trusting that in a way that was outside of my 
comfort zone and in ways expressing things that had never fully been shared, that I had never fully shared. Anyway, it was just such an enlivening journey. And <laughs> the, the more bold I was with my, my truth, the better my, uh, my poems were received. Yes, because it's truth, right? Mm, yeah. And how, yeah. Many, how many of us are holding back? Yes. Right? And I really feel like every time we step into our truth, we give other women permission to be in their truth. Totally. Totally. And, you know, and truth just carries this catalyzing energy anytime it's spoken in anyone. And it it catalyzes that latent truth in others. Yes. And has this activating quality that is transformational. And it's really, I, I do really feel that, yeah, our, our truth has this potent, potent ripple effect that um, really, it's like energy work. <laughs> yes. When we share truth, it has, it has an embodied effect on others. Yeah, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Will you read me? <laughs> will you read us another? Oh, yes, ma'am. I'll read If Mothers Ruled the World next. Yes, please. I love this. Good. This, this one makes me cry every time I read it. Oh, so cool. So they, they, because I had such an intense um, in frequency pro- process with poetry this last year, like I'd never had before, of just these poems just pouring through every day, I really kind of became familiar with these sort of a few different styles that I have that come through. And this is one of the ones, God, it feels so good when poems like this come through. It's just like catching this luxurious wave. Mm. <laughs> and it ju- I just, you know, it's like my pen just rides this awesome wave and it just keeps going. And I'm like, oh my God, where is this, where is this going? And I just keep kind of following it. And it's just such a, such a rush and it's so nourishing. So this is how that poem felt as it was pouring through. Nice. So here we go. If mothers ruled the world. If mothers ruled the world, all would be whole, fed, and well. War would cease. I mean, what kind of crazy fools send their babies to war? Instead, we would simply ask, How to meet that unmet need. The table of the world would be set with square meals for hearts, and all would gather round, nourished. The problem to solve would be how to make society more tender, and how do we open all the borders around our hearts, that all parts of us may have a place for refuge. If mothers ruled the world, we would be stewards of the health, diversity, and wild of Mother Earth. And each night, the stars would applaud the beauty they witnessed here. Magic would rise with the sun, and light would migrate back home to our eyes. Creativity would pour abundantly from humanity like a full pitcher of honeyed cream. Song, dance, storytelling, tribe would not be luxuries, garnishes, dreams. 
They would be as universal and essential as our breath. They would be the main dish of our lives. There would be ceremony around resurrecting every unblossomed voice as it rooted into itself and found its flower. There would always be circles to hold and witness all laughter and tears. Deep listening would be as requisite as taxes, and taxes would go to healing, growing, celebration. If mothers ruled the world, this world would go from barren to fertile, from wasteland to rose garden, from revenue to relationship, from burned out to powerful, full-bellied flame almost overnight. But we're tired, we're lonely, we're malnourished because we don't yet have the support we need because mothers do not yet rule the world. There's another ending tidbit there that I added that I didn't have on this. I just pulled this off of my um, collection from my, my Facebook posts. So listeners, I guess we'll have to go find my book to find that last little tidbit there at the end. We can just say, it's time to feed the mother who lives within us all. There we go. Boom. It's time. It's time to bring whatever nourishment we possess to her lips. Or we can say that and finish it up as it's meant to be finished right here and now. (laughs) So beautiful. Thank you. No, thank thank you. you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, it's really, you know, writing poems like that about humanity's potential, which I really believe in, um, is so helpful to me because it can be so easy sometimes to just feel discouraged by the way we're living. And so what I try to do is when I feel that way is somewhat uh, alchemize that into the, the poetry of potential. And, and, you know, in a hope that that, you know, it feels like a real reality that this potential, it doesn't just feel like wishful thinking. It feels like, you know, that we really do have this aliveness and, and sustainable potential and deeply loving and nourishing potential for relationships that that that's all that is all within us. It just hasn't been, we just haven't quite gotten there access that as a society yet but it feels like a real thing and and so it actually feels like this substance that I can just like tap into and grab and and share (laughs) right also the possibility that that has happened in the past yes yes maybe you're drawing that from an experience that you've had right nice that's cool yes yeah such a knowing and what that would feel like because you can feel that could feel yeah. what that would be like, what that experience could could create. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I really love that. Like I said, I I like reading that to the clients that I serve who are pregnant. Nice. Yeah. Yes. And just bringing that forward for them. Oh, I know. Because when you have a baby, you so want you so want this world to be the most nourishing place in the world to support 
the extraordinary beauty and tenderness that you see in your beloved child. Mm-hmm. And you, that leads me to a perfect question that I yes. have for you. Do you have daughters? I have a daughter. I have one daughter. And I, I have a son. And I, I miscarried a baby almost a year ago. and Or the anniversary of the miscarriage was is it coming up? Mm. And, um, yeah. And then I, I, uh, I have one daughter who's just a little over a year old. When you were writing that, were you thinking mm. of your daughter? I think the, the way that, that the poems, uh, come through me, they just sort of, it's, it sort of happens <laughs> seemingly at random. Oh, okay. Like, um, when a breeze comes by, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't necessarily know, you know, what caused the breeze or, or when it will come. It just, you know, now and then you feel this refreshing breeze. It's kind of like that. Like I'll be doing the dishes and then my, my awesome husband is so supportive. I'll be like, Oh honey, there's a poem coming through. <laughs> and he like, he stops what he's doing and he comes onto the scene. Like if I'm with the kids, he, he takes over and I just zip out to write my poem. Or sometimes I pull over if I'm driving and I write it. Um, so it's not, it, generally speaking, I'm not like thinking of a subject and um, creating it in that way. It just sort of pours through. But but I think a lot, it's just this energy that stirs in me a lot is just well, really believing in humanity's potential to just be way, 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 way more loving yes. and, and awesome and nourishing. And then, of course, you know, deeply wanting more of that for for my kids so that that energy is often swirling so I think it it's this process of these themes that matter to me a lot kind of uh incubating inside Mm -hmm. of me it's like now and then they just arrange themselves into this poem that kind of expresses it with this potency that's so beautiful I love that thank Uh you thank you so much you probably don't have a favorite poem in this book Yeah, but what would it be if I did? Yes. Such a good question. You know what's interesting? So Susceptible to Light, my first book, that, you know, I had those poems for like 12 years that I I was just sort of, you know, sitting on on that collection for, for 12 years. And that's an interesting, they're different in energy in a way. That's the best of the best from 12 years. And Let Us Dance is pretty much every single poem that came through in seven months. So I, I feel like I have way more of a sense, actually, of, of what poems are in Susceptible to Light. Read us one of those. <laughs> Should I read you one of those? Please, okay. yes, well, absolutely. I'll read you. There, so there's one that, that can never not be. It's kind of like, you know, the feeling of your first love. Yes, I do. It's not necessarily the most mature love. <laughs> but it was the innocence attached to it was is part of the beauty. Yes. So the first poem, because I, I wrote poetry for a few years um, before poetry really cracked open in me in this way where poems just pour through and I write them down as, you know, I, I write them down as fast as I possibly can. Like that's the real, that's the real challenge is just, writing as quickly like learning how to write really really fast Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) so I can capture it exactly as it's kind of delivered to me before that happened my process was kind of strained and and there's a lot of effort involved and it would take a really long time to put a poem together and felt somewhat um manufactured 
And there's nothing wrong with that at all. That was just how it was going for me. I don't know if I think of myself having kind of like tense shoulders too. Like there was just sort of like my body language with writing was kind of tight. And um, and then I, I share about this in almost every interview I've done because it was just cool. I One day I just gave myself permission to do an experiment where I, I gave myself permission to write what I, I said was a bad poem. Write and share a bad poem every day for 30 days. Nice. And yeah, and on the second day, um, this poem came through. And, it, and it, it just came through in this way that they've been coming through ever ever since. And it was the most amazing experience where, for the first time, I was 21. It was in a major dark night of the soul time. It was such a mind-blowing experience because it was the, I felt a connection to something beyond myself that I never really felt in that kind of embodied way. And, and I just completely trusted the words that came through. So th- this one is like my first love in that way. Let's hear it. So I'll share it. It's called Say Wow. Say Wow. Each day before our surroundings become flat with familiarity and the shapes of our lives click into place, dimensionless and average as Tetris cubes. Before hunger knocks from our bellies like a cantankerous old man, and the duties of the day stack up like dishes, and the architecture of our basic needs commissions all thought to construct the four-door sedan of safety. Before gravity clings to our skin like a cumbersome parasite, and the colored dust of dreams sweeps itself obscure in the vacuum of reason. Each morning before we wrestle the world and our heart into the the shape of our brains, look around and say, wow, feed yourself fire, scoop up the day entire like a planet-sized bouquet of marvel sent by the universe directly into your arms and say, wow, break yourself down into the basic components of primitive awe and let the crescendo of each moment carbonate every capillary and say, wow. Yes, before our poems become calloused with revision, let them shriek off the page of spontaneity. And before our metaphors get too regular, let the sun stay, a conflagration of homing pigeons that fights through fire each day to find us. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so that's my first that's my first love poem right there. Wow. Yes, and I that came through me and I was like, what? Incredible. <laughs> what just happened. Incredible. Incredible. And almost no like almost no content editing too. Like it was just that just poured right through. You know, this whole channeling business is quite interesting, isn't it? How the what we do as a channel, we get out of the way. That's what we do. Yes. That's that's what people are like. Why do you think, you know, like this and this and this? And why do you think that you're such a great channel? Because you're the best channel. And I say, because I have learned how to get out of my own way. That That is it. And it's so funny because... I don't know, some, some, I've heard channeling talked about in a way that 
you know, it always depends on the person. I've, I've heard it, you know, it's spoken of in a tone that can sound a little bit like snooty. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which, so I think it's so important to say that it is so, it, when it's, it's genuine, it really, it totally is that. It's, it's getting out of the way. Wow, really amazing stuff can, can use us and flow through us when we do that. Look, the whole piece around this channel, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling to myself that we're talking about channeling. Um, yeah. Because I recently had a person say to me that was new to me, right? She was a new client. She said, yeah. I don't know, for some reason, you're so down to earth. Like, you're just this beautiful woman and you're mm-hmm. dressed like I'm dressed. And I expected robes and a lot of jewelry and a lot of like something yes. something and I was like oh no I just got done hiking and and now I'm <laughs> now I'm here it's you know totally yeah. it's so important to oh my gosh yeah to humanize words like channeling because I actually it was only really recently <laughs> that I was like oh shit I guess I channel this stuff <laughs> right right yes it sort of occurred to me because I just, I don't know, I didn't really think of it that way, but that is, that is what happens. It just pours, pours through from, from elsewhere. And there's kind of, I wonder if you experience it this way, there's kind of a mingling of what comes through, which does feel like it comes from another place. Um, it's kind of a mingling of that coming through with my, with my energy and with my values and the, the themes and such that I care about. Yeah, it's also very much beyond me. I can remember when I first started allowing myself to channel for other people that I would be so surprised when what the masters would be saying through me was the same thing I would be saying to that person. Yes. Right? And so then it was like, you know, all part of this, things that are important to you are based in spiritual belief that is love. And so, of mm-hmm. course, because this work is based in love, of course, those things are going to be very similar and at times exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. You said we, that really well. Right. Well, we are the incarnation of God, whatever God may be, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're sharing. We're sharing God with other people in by being who we are. Love it. So I love your work. The, the difference, I would say, between my poetry be- before and my poetry now is like, the work of it used to be in writing the poem, and now the work of it is not when I'm writing the poem. It's just, you know, again and again, just striving to, to keep my heart open and keep keep the channel, keep myself open for my, my energy to flow, my, my truth, my energy to, to flow and be transparent as best I can. And then poetry's like, oh, cool, there's an open space. I'll just go there. <laughs> right. The challenge is always embodying the truth, right? Uh, yeah, and sometimes that's interesting because I've definitely had some imposter syndrome. Yeah. But it sometimes it feels like like my, my poetry is almost like a, a light that's shining in the distance for me, mm. like guiding me to walk that way. Yes. And so it's like the horizon and that's like oh okay I guess I'll I'll keep heading in that that way like it's also like a really loving guidance for my own self um, an affirmation for my own self and um and it's interesting because my poetry yeah again really cracked open for me when I was truly in the the dark night of despair yes (laughs) and it was like this spiritual umbilical cord or almost of 
it was just such a gift, a, a merciful gift to me, knowing that even in even in my darkness, there could be so many gifts found there and beauty found there, and that God or or whatever you want to call it, the sacred or the inspiration or the muse, like it's not conditional. It's not you know, just waiting for people to be perfect and then it drops you a line. It's like. Yes, I mean, I think that that's where it happens. I was grieving when I really allowed myself to fully embody the experience of serving as a channel. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was like I had to. My soul just said, look, if you don't do this, you can't continue. Yes. Like this is every, it's everything or nothing in this moment for you. And I feel like I chose myself in those moments. Totally. I think it's, I really feel that it's that open state, whether it's, you know, being open and truthful about grief or, I don't know, crisis or transformation, just that the muse or inspiration or light or life itself just is really drawn to the, the heart opening. Even when truth doesn't feel good, there's yes. so much power in it. It is what transforms the darkness and the light. That yes, is absolutely. That is it. that's the transformative power that we're living in and with yes. every day. You know, and I am so grateful for my life. I'll tell you, you are an indication to me. Like I just decided I'm just going to write this lady and tell her Hell I'm, yeah. I'm so glad <laughs> you did. I am so so glad. You know, and then 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 here we are and it's like yeah, if that's the way that my life is going these days, just showing up for it and dreaming and then watching the dreams come true. Oh, it, you said it. Is it not just amazing when we start listening to these intuitive nudges? I, I've just been really, uh, yeah, another experiment has just been, okay, I, I think there, there, there really is an internal guidance system. And when we listen to it, just awesome things, <laughs> awesome things happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listening to those nudges and following through on them and asking the and it's each step along the way doesn't have to be that big. It can just be reaching out when you feel that nudge and saying, Oh hey, can we do an interview or whatever it is. Oh hey, can you write me an endorsement? Oh hey, can, you know? And then just seeing what happens and just taking listening and then taking that that step really can transform everything. Yes, just so wonderful. Absolutely. Yes. Hey, can you read us another poem before we end? Absolutely. Should it be you don't have to believe in God? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I'll, I'll just say to anyone who listens to this that, um, yeah, I, I was so glad that this poem came through because I use the word God all the time, which was also somewhat of a, felt like a risk at first to go there. But it's, it's very much, most of my poetry's goal is to redefine the way we, we think about this word God and, and we uh, redefine the way we relate to, to this idea and strip it of its baggage and return to it its just joy. And anyway, so I, I was really glad this poem came through because none of my poems that use the word God have anything to do with like believing in God or all this like certitude that we're told we are supposed to have or any any of that so you don't have to believe in God you don't have to believe in God but please collapse in wonder as regularly as you can 
try and let your knowledge be sideswiped by awe and let beauty be so persuasive you find yourself willing to lay your opinions at her feet. Darling, you don't have to believe in God, but please pray for your own sake. Great prayers of thanks for the mountains, the great rivers, the roundness of the moon, just because they're here at all and that you get to know them. And let prayer bubble up in you as a natural thing, like song in a bird. You don't have to have a spiritual path, but do run the most sensitive part of your soul over the soft curves of this world with as much tenderness as you can find in yourself. And let her edgeless ways inspire you to discover more. Just find a way that makes you want to yield yourself, that you may be more open to letting beauty fully into your arms and feel some sacred flame inside of you that yearns toward learning how to build a bigger fire of love in your heart. You don't have to believe in God, but get quiet enough to remember we really don't know a damn thing about any of it. And if you can, feel a reverence to be part of this great something, whatever you want to call it, that is so much bigger and so far beyond the rooftops of all of our knowing. (sighs) (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. That's what I listen for. I listen to that that satisfied outside. Uh, you just that. Uh, <laughs> isn't that cool to hear people's beautiful superpowers, whatever they are? Yes. And then just how rich and juicy it is. All the all the variety, diversity of superpowers that are are placed inside of us. Yes, and I am so happy to say that you inspire me so much. I feel so alive and joyous and happy that I have encountered your words and that we've got to share this time together today and that I just feel like that you are such a gift to me from the universe you know that just the way that the universe has said here eat I am so honored by that I really really am I, I, there's such a, I, I felt immediately when we said hello, just such a, a shared spark. Yes. And it's just such, such a pleasure to know you. It's so nice to have these, it's so, so rich to have these conversations from this just deeper, satisfying soul plate. Yes. And I can't tell you how much I enjoy it and, and what, a, what a serious, true pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. I'm so honored that you that you chose to. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with and the poetry of Shaylin as much as I did. For more information on self-love, the Akashic Masters, or this podcast, you can go to www.graceofhealingnc.com. Audio and music production is by Linda Goh. To connect with her, you can go to kamalacove.org.